what would be a red flag if someone go give me two red flags if someone's going in to meet with someone and this attorney says x what would you be like oh do not choose them well if they spend an inordinate amount of time talking about them Welcome to My Divorce Real Estate. I'm Amber Gifford, and this is my husband and teammate, Scotty Gifford. Today, we're excited. We have a great friend and colleague. Yeah, Mike Day. And Mike Day is a board-certified attorney here in the Houston area. And he will be able to answer a lot of the questions we always get asked, because we are not attorneys, but we because we know we need attorneys. And we are going to bring Mike Day today to answer some questions. We're going to have a couple videos we're going to do. And so let's Flip over to Mike. Say hi. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, my name is Mike Day. I'm board certified in family law by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization. I uh, pr primarily practice in the Houston and surrounding area, and I have an emphasis on uh, complex custody issues and, and complex property disputes in the context of a divorce. Awesome. Complex. Everybody's going, Ooh, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you don't always get those like easy cases, right? No. Sometimes we need to get the people that really know what they're talking about. And we always recommend you having those experts around you. So today we're going to do a video on what? We are going to talk about how to choose a family law attorney. And we're going to get uh, Mike's opinion on this. I'm going to tell you what I think. And when you're always looking for an attorney and maybe you want to chime in, but the, I know there's people out there that are searching for an attorney. They don't know where to begin. They don't know what is the right one. What does that look like? I mean, just like everybody, there's good and bad of everything. You, in my opinion, you have to find somebody you kind of mesh with and to interview them per se and have a couple of meetings. I wouldn't suggest having like more than three. It's super overwhelming, but you want to add anything to that? Uh, I would just say like we we get the, we talk to a lot of people first before they're introduced to attorneys. So we always like to connect with attorneys like Mike himself because he's a very knowledgeable attorney. And then we like to hey, if this this seems like a right case for you, a right attorney, then we refer out to a lot of attorneys like Mike so that we can get you connected to the people that can actually help you. And that's why we do this to get you connected to people that you know like Mike that can actually help you in different areas that you need to be connected in. So, so I'm pretty sure Mike, and correct me if I'm wrong, that most people who are going out looking for attorney are going to go, who do I find need attorney or they're going to ask a friend, right? Right. I mean, that's right. And the, you know, I would say, first of all, the first thing you should do is that if let's just assume it's a divorce, uh, you talk to your friends who have gone through the process. Maybe they had a good experience with their lawyer or maybe they didn't have a good experience with their lawyer. But either way, that will be an educational conversation for you. And regardless if it was a good experience or not a good experience, just kind of get your friends sort of understanding of how everything went. And so, you know, what's what would be good for you or not work for you. So when you do talk to lawyers, um, you can have that in your background. Uh, the other thing I would say is talk to folks that you know who work in the legal field, whether it be um, attorneys or paralegals, if you know a judge or, or maybe somebody at a title company that's kind of like a legal adjacent type area, um, because those folks will also have a really good sense of who's actually good and who's not. You know, you can go online. That's very helpful. You know, there are some really good lawyers out there who are also really good marketers. And then there are also some folks out there who are just really good at marketing. Right. And so you just want to be careful 
of that so you don't fall into that trap. But if you if you start off with talking to folks that you know, um, whether they be friends, your therapists, um, people from your church, minister, support group, I mean, those are all really good places to start. Would you recommend them looking at the state bar association online just to kind of get a grasp or is that going to be like super overwhelming? Cause that's going to be pretty overwhelming, you know, um, I, you know, and also look, there are some really good lawyers who are really involved in a lot of bar activities. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, sometimes the lawyers who are the most involved in that stuff, they, they, they may not be able to help you as much as you think. So it's just, it's, it, and, you know, in each case is different, too. You know, you might have cases that where you have someone who might be a really good lawyer. They're just not going to be a good lawyer for that case. Right. right. And yeah. so that's also something to be mindful of. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've had people, too, that were like, hey, I need a dog lawyer. We need to go out and, you know, fight. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, I know some people do have those reputations. And again, I think that comes more from talking to your friends, seeing what they went through. And and just because you want someone to go after and fight, in my opinion, is, and this is just my opinion, that's not always the best route to take to create contention. I, I think that's absolutely right. Um, a couple of thoughts on that, because people will say, I need a bulldog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I need I need Rambo. Right. Well, here's the problem with that is that sometimes that actually makes the situation worse. And I view it as as sort of my ethical prerogative as a family law attorney. If I can avoid making the situation worse unnecessarily, I do that. It's not so different from the Hippocratic Oath. Right. First, do no harm. Um but sometimes situations are really, really unfortunate, right? And you're just kind of put in a situation where there's domestic violence or alcohol abuse or personality disorders, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But there are going to be situations where you it is going to be tough and you might have to go to court. And, and on that point, you don't just want a bulldog. You, 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 I, would, I would encourage people to get out of that mentality. I would say you want someone who's going to be effective for the job at hand. Right. And, and so really, because some of the best lawyers are the most reasonable lawyers. And if they go to trial, then they'll they'll go to trial. But because some lawyers are scared. Right. Some lawyers don't have the requisite experience. I almost view it as like when you go to a surgeon and the surgeon seems really eager to operate, you might just want to get a second opinion. Right. Because in Absolutely. some respects, some of the best surgeons are the people like Eh, let's let's try physical therapy. Let's pump the brakes on this a little bit, you know, and see see what we can do. And if we have to resort to surgery, then then we know we tried other things first. I really like that approach because you're yeah. not just going to say, hey, well, here's the, you know, I have a, here's a nail and I'm a hammer and just the one solution, right? You're going to say, hey, like, you know, looking for the right tool for your situation and looking for the right attorney and for the situation. Right. And same, making sure, Hey, like, and it sounds like your approach is that you are going to want to, based on the situation, you're going to act accordingly. Right. If you need to be the more aggressive type in that case, maybe you will, but if you need to be the more compassionate and working together side, you're willing to do that too. Like, it sounds like you understand there's not just one mentality right. and that you're going to approach your case and your client as you needed. That's right. And the other thing I'd say is people have sort of a subconscious um, tendency um, to seek out their own personality in their counsel. Mm. Right. And so if you're the sort of person who's just not very agreeable, 
you're probably going to find (laughs) that when you're interviewing lawyers and someone presents themselves as a bulldog or someone who is just going to fight, 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 no matter what, fighting for you. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, maybe that brings you value. Maybe it doesn't. But um, and just like if someone's going to be healthier or a little bit more rational or emotionally well-regulated, they're going to seek out somebody who's who's probably going to speak from that sort of perspective as well. It's been sort of yeah. sort of my experience. I love that. I love the honesty that you're giving to you. I, I will say in my own personal story, um, I had a very contentious divorce. My ex-husband chose a bulldog because he thought he was supposed to. And this person filled his head full of lies about me. And then when he actually took time to come and like, is this really happening? Let's communicate about this. I'm like, why would you think that? He's like, well, he told me this. And, you know, and I was like, that's not the case. Let's bring it down to reality here. So, you know, he, and and we came together and chose our attorneys after that, but it is very true. You're right. They, they think they need something because they're scared or whatever the case they're matching their personality. But I, I really appreciate your honesty on that, which brings me to something else that I was interested when you said about choosing um, a doctor. So I, I love when I, well, I don't love this. I hear this all the time too. Well, my neighbor is uh, an attorney, but he doesn't do family law, but I really want to get them. And I'm like, Hmm, do not do that. We want to choose someone who's specialized in what you're doing, because you're not going to go to a heart surgeon that does it part-time. You want someone who does this full-time, whether it's a coach, a lawyer, a real estate person, a financial advisor, you want them to be specialized, right? Well, yeah, what I would say to that is you want someone who does a lot of family law. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do they need to be certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization? Let's talk about that. So in some respects, that's a really important credential, right? You have to pass a hard test. You have to try a certain number of cases. People have to write you letters of recommendation. But there are lots of really good lawyers in Houston in particular who are not board certified. Um, and so my what I would tell people is, you know, that's something to look for. Be mindful of it, but don't let your decision hinge on that. But at the end of the day, you do want someone who is very experienced in family law. Right. Yeah. We don't want to go to trial lawyer for accident. Yeah, exactly. You want you you want to have if you're going through a divorce, you want to have a family law attorney, right? That's at really at least in that it, or at least has practice. Yeah, you don't want a yeah, you you you're probably I mean I won't say that you won't you can't be well served by a general practitioner. Um but you just you know it's like I, I wouldn't go to a uh a dermatologist, you know, if I'm thinking I might need surgery on my arm right Right. because i have something wrong with my arm right i mean it's there's a lot to be said for that yeah you're going to go to the dentist or or, you know to get your teeth worked on right you're not going to go right so So, real quickly before we move to the next um which is about communicate communication i just want you to go over the types of um divorces you can have litigation type of divorce you can get because a lot of people don't realize how it can be done about they don't even know about collaboration can you just quickly go over a couple of them or a few right so there are a couple of different uh types of of divorce there's the stuff that's sort of the conventional litigation where you do a lot of discovery and motions and you know it's rare that a case really needs that right it's kind of like it's like jumping right ahead to 
back surgery, right? Let's try physical therapy first if you can, um, because you don't know how the surgery is going to go, right? Um, you can do something called collaborative divorce, which is an interesting concept where it's, and it's, it's expressly authorized by the Texas Family Code. And uh, you have a lawyer, your spouse has a lawyer, um, sometimes there's a joint financial expert, sometimes there's a, a joint therapist, and you guys have meetings, right? And someone takes minutes of the meetings. Um, and it's really, it's an interesting way of doing it. Um, the, I, I guess a couple of thoughts on that. The first is that what I'm seeing in my practice is a lot of trauma. And that doesn't mean it has to be you know, a sexual assault or domestic violence. It could be betrayal trauma. It could be sure. trauma from just, you know, accumulation of years of, 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 a, of a marriage that wasn't always very emotionally healthy. And, right. and hence you found, you found your way to a, my door or somebody like, like me. Right. But so when you're in collaborative divorce and you're literally sitting across the table from the person with whom played a, a large role in that trauma, um, that's not always a good place to be. Because one of the things I found is that cortisol brain is for real. And one of the things, whether you, when you're seeking out a lawyer, when you're trying to be a good uh, litigant, a good parent, whatever the case may be, is that you, you got to put yourself in a situation where you're going to make your best decisions, right? And if there is somebody who traumatized you, and I'm not talking about domestic violence, right? I'm talking right. about more run-of-the-mill type stuff. And you're sitting across the table from that person, and you're not the high wage earner, and you're going to have to make some hard decisions about your lifestyle in the future. You're facing economic uncertainty. Maybe maybe it's not a good idea to have to go to meetings with that That's person, really right? Yeah. Did, I did collaboration. Um, in the end, it was um, we were in separate rooms, which really isn't collaborative um, standards. So, yeah, that's a really good point. Somebody is approaching you, your soon to be ex, and they're saying, let's do collaboration. Realize that you are in the same room with them and that you're right. If you're some sort of emotional, any trauma of any kind and you can't make decisions, <laughs> you're going to have to. Yeah. Right. I mean, one of the things I would say is that some of the, you know, collaboration, Collaborative divorce, it can be the appropriate um, process, right, for certain cases. But at the end of the day, a lot of the best parts of collaborative law can be handled in a in a conventional, more of a conventional arrangement. Now, if you have a high conflict case, if you have a highly contested case, um, you, it's not realistic to expect that kind of kind of spirit. And one of the things that I would tell people is there's a book called uh, when I think it's called when divorce is a failure, but it's written by a guy named Arthur Leonoff, who is a mental health professional up in Canada. So the legal specifics are, are different, right? Cause they do things a little bit differently in Canada, but he talks about psychologically what makes a divorce become toxic. And the things you can do to avoid that. And a lot of it is, is to a certain degree, it's self-awareness. And it's to a certain degree, it's understanding that whatever sort of dissolution, because a lot of times divorce, there's a, there's a certain component there of disillusionment. And so, and there will be a pattern 
of 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 the relationship between the disillusionment and the um, and the marriage and, and hence the divorce and that same sort of underlying disillusionment dovetailing with a prior disillusionment in your life and so you have these sorts of twin factors of just negativity and you may not even necessarily understand that they're reinforcing each other right and so but if you can be mindful that that is maybe what's happening it can really kind of help you um kind of not it can help you get out of your own way to a certain to a certain extent which in turn not necessarily but potentially could make your divorce um less contentious less expensive maybe you get a healthier outcome in the end maybe you don't but you know and that's the other thing too is what i always tell people just know going into this process that there are going to be certain things that you can control and there are going to be things that you cannot control and whatever brought you through this process you know people whatever whatever was wrong whatever was bad what was probably going to worsen right so if somebody was manipulative right or or don't expect that person to all of a sudden be better in the divorce oh, right it might be worse yeah it's like that's not gonna worse, happen right yeah. well that kind of goes back to communication too when you're choosing attorney i i love that you do communicate very thoroughly and articulate yourself well and uh, communication is huge for me and every relationship so i think when you're choosing your own attorney like you, if you can't communicate you better pick one that can mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right. that's, and i appreciate you mentioning that book and i'll probably try mm-hmm. to throw a copy of it down in the link below so people can check it out themselves and i really appreciate you diving into some of those other idiosyncrasies of the divorce and not just the you know top level stuff that you know we're all it's going to get it's going to be difficult it's going to be hard you're probably going to have to do things you're not comfortable with and grow a little bit and push yourself a little bit and the other side is going to push you and so like having that support team of an, a family law attorney that's looking out for your best interests is always good to have that's why we, a lot of people we don't ever recommend people just doing it pro se a lot of people just oh, call it's yeah. like oh can i just do this myself i'm like you can but you're probably not going to do a good job of it, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, you know, yeah, it's kind of like, I'll just go online and ask some questions. And, yeah. you know, I mean, there's something to be said for getting general information so you can ask better informed questions. Exactly. Um, but I will say the one really curious thing about family law, and this is especially true about cases that get really litigated, mm-hmm. is that a technical competence is not table stakes, right? Like don't, you know, and that's, and that's something that people, that people don't fully appreciate. And I don't know why that is, but I do know that I do know that to be the case. Right. Yeah. Let me jump in there for a second. and give you, so my personal story is that I didn't have a family law attorney representing me. Right. We just, we, we weren't contentious at the time of the divorce and we decided, Hey, it was time to end this marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my fears was, you know, how expensive divorce is. And I'm, I know I'm having to be paying child support. So I did some of that Googling stuff and I, uh, you know, it was a few years back. So it wasn't as probably as much information out there as now. And we're trying to add more information out there to help too, but we still think we go back to the experts when it's time, but like trying to do all that stuff myself, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. So there was a lot of pitfalls and a lot of things that I did wrong that ended up hurting me that I it cost me more money later, it cost me a lot more money later because I didn't do them the right, right way the first time. So we always recommend like laying that foundation, like don't build this house on the sand because you're just going to, it's going to go washed away. So 
you can start with self-educating yourself, but then get connected to the experts, right? So I think that's a sound approach. Yeah, everybody was going to want to know about money. <laughs> Speaking of fees and costs, give us a lowdown. It doesn't have to be yours, just in general, how it works for everyone. Well, for starters, if a lawyer says, I want to get paid, you know, anywhere from, you know, 300 to $700 for a consultation, that's pretty standard. Okay. Um, so because they're going to, A, be spending time with you, mm-hmm. kind of going through things, and B, I mean, they're they're then conflicted out of the case, right? So, um, and so explain that for a second, because I don't like some. Yeah, know. sure, of course. So you meet with a lawyer and you kind of talk to them about your case. Then they cannot go represent the other spouse, right? So, but you know, contrast that with buying a car, right? And you go to the Toyota dealership. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I'll go with the Honda. I like the Honda better. Well, you go to the Honda dealership and Honda's like, sure, I'll I'll sell you a car. But in lawyers, in the legal world, it's like Honda's like, well, actually, you already shopped at the Toyota dealership, so I can't necessarily (laughs) sell you this car, right? Or your your spouse was like, I went to Honda first, but now I want to go to Toyota. Toyota's like, well, we already kind of talked to somebody about this. So it's just a little different. I mean, uh, I mean, the the legal process in certain levels is very counterintuitive. And um, and like our society is so consumer driven. It's so um, and there's a component to that. But like judges don't care if you're I mean, they want you to be happy, but they're just going to rule. Right. And it's like, what are you going to do? Go on Yelp? complain about the judges you know i mean good good luck with that yeah exactly <laughs> there's no yelp review for judges are saying yeah no no I, I i would generally yeah that's generally pretty inappropriate you, you but. always ask whenever i send someone your way you always ask me their name to make sure that you haven't spoken to their soon-to-be ex so i do appreciate that for sure yeah that's that's one thing that we do we always oh yeah mike's always asking us well let me check first make sure you know so i it's that's nice that uh, you know that you're looking out for their you know making sure that you're not doing something you shouldn't be doing. So that's right. Yeah, they have hourly rate. You're gonna have to pay a retainer, which if anyone doesn't know what a retainer is, you give a sum of money in the beginning, then they draft from that as they use up right. time. And that retainer is based on the complexity of the case, right? It can be based on the complexity of the case. I mean, sometimes people don't have the access to community funds because one right. spouse has all the funds under their management. And so the understanding can be, look, I'll need X dollars to get started. But in the very beginning of this, I'm going to need a lot more money. And if we just need to get that from the account managed by the high wage earner, then, then that's what we do. Right. Um, you know, the thing about people will always ask, well, how expensive is a divorce? And it's, and I always give them the very, very typical lawyer answer, which is that depends, right? I mean, right. how much yeah. money would you like to spend on a car, right? I mean, they're. <laughs> well, it is true. How I mean, much are you going to fight? You can and... get the junker for 500 or you can go get the Bugatti, right? I mean, you, right. Like, I mean, you you know, but but the, the, the flip side is that, you know, the Bugatti is not necessarily the more reliable vehicle, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. and what I also tell people, and this is 
a little controversial, I guess, but it, it's, you know, forgive the gallows humor. But I mean, I, I always say, you know, attorney's fees are a tax on human dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to be the dysfunctional one. Your spouse could be the dysfunctional That's one, right. or it could just be a dysfunctional situation. I mean, sometimes people find themselves through no fault of their own, just in a, in a weird situation, right? Uh, people don't live in the same city anymore. And so it's hard to compromise on kids stuff. That's, that's probably, those are the hardest cases, right? Because a lot of times if you put on your creative thinking hat, you know, and, and, and nobody's too foregone, you can come up with some creative solutions, right? But I mean, people live in different States or one person's in Houston, one person's in Dallas, you know, work reasons, what have you, that makes it a lot harder, but you know, look, if someone's a narcissist, someone's an alcoholic, or if you have what what mental health professionals call co-occurring disorders, right, where you have both of those present, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's going to be an un- unpleasant. Um, but, you know, it's not just about post-traumatic stress. It's about the prospect of post-traumatic growth. And I I don't see it in as many of the cases as I'd like to, but there are definitely a distinct minority of cases where people go through this process and they come out a lot better than they were. And I always love seeing that, you know, that's That's the way we want it to be. And that's, I think why we do this channel is to help people to, you know, you're only in control of yourself at the end of the day. And like, I love that there's some things you can control and there's some things you can't, that's just how life is in general. And you can only control you and how you react to those things. So yeah, I always try to bring it back. Hey, we're, we're trying to give these tools to help people so that they can be better themselves. And then, so then they can be, you know, the the growth in in themselves, right. Too. we try to be Mm -hmm. a shining light of, Hey, example to, yeah. This is this is like we're we're post divorce, right? We're happily remarried, right? We 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 you know we we went through the darkness, right? We went through the shadow, the, the valley of the shadow of death, right? We we walked yeah. that walk, right? So it now it's hard. like it was hard, but now we can be the example of hey, you know, there is light on the other side, and we're trying to shine that light for you, and then give you a light back to follow too, right? So and True. that's why we appreciate people like yourself, Mike, that just you know have that same mentality. So if you're out, you're one of those people out there and you're going like this, pointing at your finger, there's three pointing back at you. You might be the problem. <laughs> anyway, okay, really quickly and we'll wrap it up. What would be a red flag? If someone go, give me two red flags. If someone's going in to meet with someone and this attorney says X, what would you be like? Oh, do not choose them. Well, if they spend an inordinate amount of time talking about themselves, like the, <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, I mean, I've some of the, that. I've had that. That's why some I of the, <laughs> some of the best people I know practice family law and some of the worst people I know practice family law mm-hmm. and you're not going to know. And so, but that is potentially a red flag is that they spend a lot of time talking about themselves. Um, the other thing that I, I'm started to do is I like to have written communication if at all possible. Sometimes clients, you know, they process things verbally. They want to have that phone call. And I think that's great. Um, what I've started, what I've historically done, but I'm, I'm getting back into the habit of doing it. It's just confirming everything in an email to the client, because what I found in talking, you know, people will come talk to me sometimes to get a second opinion mm-hmm. and they'll say, well, we had these phone calls and then, like three months later, I got an email that says something completely different. And it's like, well, okay. 
So well, sometimes, you know, you want to have that written confirmation because sometimes people, you know, that's the thing about the legal system is that sometimes the answers are nuanced or sometimes they're unsettled, right? Like, you know, because that's one of the curious things about family law is that there's no, there's no big industry driving an agenda, right? Like, you know, sometimes people are going to benefit from a separate property argument. Sometimes there's going to be folks that benefit from a community property argument, right? But there's no one, you know, it's not like the plaintiff's bar versus the insurance defense bar, you know, you're not, it's, it's, it's not like that. And so, um, and the, and this body of law is, is developed in a lot of different types of situations. And it's, sometimes it's just flat out contradictory, you know, and, um, and that goes back to my, to my statement earlier, that technical competence is not table stakes. It's not. Um, another, Another red flag. So that would be my second red flag is to say, if you were to ask somebody, ask the lawyer, say, how would you feel about any time we having a substantive conversation, we can confirm it in email? Would that be agreeable to you? Mm. And if that person says no, then right. that is a red flag. Love that. Yeah, those are, those great are, those advice. Are great tips. And I, I'm sorry for breaking up laughing just because I've, I've dealt with some family law attorneys and I've seen that what you just said about the two worried about themselves instead of the case. And it's like, we're paying you good, you know, we're paying money for your time. And I appreciate that. But like, can we talk about my case? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and that's the other thing, you know, going back to the notion of people seeking out their own personalities and their lawyer is that also sometimes people don't necessarily do that, but they, I mean, don't kid yourself. I mean, you could have certain lawyers in this town. I'm not going to say names, but they just have certain personality issues. And um, and it's going to make the case more contentious mm -hmm. and it's going to make the case more difficult or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and so the, the lawyer on the other side, their personality, I mean, it can it can definitely play a, a huge role in the process. I agree for sure. And uh, we devised a free divorce resource as well with questions to ask your attorney when you're interviewing them. So if you want a copy of that too, we can put that link up mm -hmm. for them. And do you have anything you want to add? No, I will say, hey, we're going to have Mike Day back for a couple other videos. So stick around for the next video where we'll be covering on how to be a good client. So that's always interesting to see. Now we've figured out how to pick a good attorney. Now we got to figure out how to be good at clients. So we'll stick around for the next video. We'll run we'll to the next. So. Thanks so much for watching. And as always, we're here to bring you real life experiences to all your real estate needs. Ba -boom. Thank you.